0: This Bike Life podcast is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, your source for the best bicycle shipping service and bike shipping boxes. Whether you're shipping for a trip or after a sale, whatever your shipping needs, Bike Flights makes it easy. Take advantage of Bike Flights' convenient residential pickups and they'll come and get your shipment directly from your home or wherever you're staying. Visit BikeFlights.com forward slash warm showers for more information. Now on to the show. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Bike Life. We are still here doing our thing, sharing stories with you from people all over the globe in a variety of walks of life and remaining connected in our community, our wonderful community here at Warm Showers. And today's guest is going to give you lots of examples of what that connection feels like and and his experience, not only when he toured, but as a host. And he has been a host for a long time. And I'm super excited to introduce all of you to Qu- to Quentin. I was going to say your last name, Quentin, and I just paused there, but please say it for me. Reich. Quentin Reich, And he is a host and a cyclist. And he is located right on the Pacific
1: Coast route. And Quentin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tomberly. Really, this is uh, really an honor for me. Love listening to your podcast and love reconnecting to all your guests and their stories and their um, God, all of the things that happen. It just brings us right back in time. So thank you.
0: Appreciate that. We, you know, we know that it's really important that we all stay connected right now. One of the hardest parts of being in a pandemic, living through a pandemic, is this disconnection we have from other humans, especially those that live alone or are used to having lots of interaction with other humans. We see that impact on people in such a great way. And, you know, our Goal at this podcast has been to keep that connection moving forward, even if it's just through storytelling and a remembering. Or, um, you know, for you listening to other people's stories has been impactful in your own remembering of, of, of the times.
1: <laughs> well, you know, we we uh, I, I think if you do ever you ever do a long tour, you walk away from that wondering what could possibly beat that you know you've lived this life of freedom of uh, adventure of experiencing new cultures and and food and family and everything about everything that you see and do for as long as you're on the road it's all brand new and it's just stunning and then you find yourself sitting at a desk for 30 years and for those of us who fall into that trap, it's really, really hard to forget that life of adventure that we once had. And so, you know, your podcast and hosting um, and, and touring again, as I've recently done, um, it really taps you back into that source, that, that power, the, the energy that's behind the, the cultural exchange that happens when you're on the road.
0: So tell us when you started touring, like, what was that like for you?
1: <laughs> I, uh, I started touring, well, I, I, have o- I only did one tour in my life. And that was in 1991, I decided to t- buy a one-way ticket to Europe and, uh, and just pedal as far as I could for as long as I could. And um, that was, uh, I don't know, 30 years ago this year. Wow. Uh, Thirty years ago, and um, and it was really interesting. I, uh, you know, I cycled my whole life, but more, um, I've always been a, a surfer and a volleyball player who just happened to ride a bike for fitness. And um, in college, I had the good fortune to work with a guy named Tom Cullen, who was the founder of um, Lone Peak Packs, and they made touring bags. And I got into the idea of touring back then but I never did it until 1991 so yeah I I remember very distinctly this this one moment riding through France where I was uh, I met some guy who was on his way back after a two-week tour and he was lamenting the idea of having to go back to work and it dawned on me that moment that that sense of um, freedom that you have that you don't you don't experience anywhere else you have no return ticket you have no idea where you're going to go but the entire world is open to you and that that experience i think totally changed me like it really Mm. (laughs) Mm. still get emotional about it because it's really amazing like to have that kind of freedom and that kind of uh sense of adventure with no limits that really changed me and that was 30 years ago so yeah and, yeah, and I sat at a desk for the next 30 years. Yeah.
0: Well, you, you didn't just sit at a desk, you opened your home. Yeah. For for to experience to continue to experience that sense of freedom yeah. through those that were coming to stay with you.
1: Yeah. And you know, I started hosting long before warm showers ever came out. Um, I started hosting in the mid to late nineties when I came home. Um, I would always introduce myself to stray bike tourists as they're passing by. If I if they were stopped on the side of the road or at a restaurant or a, a you know a liquor store or whatever, I would pull over and introduce myself and ask if they needed anything. Because the experiences in Europe back in the '90s was it, was, it just blew me away that people no. It started on day one for me. I mean, very first day I get off the plane in Paris and my bike pump. I broke it before I inflated my tires. And this is like 30, 6 o'clock in the morning after a, you know, a long flight. And I'm already screwed. I haven't even started. I haven't even got on the road yet. And I'm, I'm flat out no idea what to do next. And I had zero experience with this kind of thing. So um, from that day through the end of our trip, I was constantly being uh, helped by total random strangers, just offering assistance, food, equipment, replacement parts for my bike, um, shelter, tours around town. I mean, it happened over and over and over, and I couldn't stop it. And it only happened when I was desperate, when I like clearly looked like I needed help, <laughs> which was most of the time. <laughs> but the, the random acts of kindness and generosity just absolutely blew me away and i never saw it coming i mean i had no idea that the world was filled with that kind of hospitality and generosity it really changed me so when i came home i immediately started returning the favor because i actually asked this one guy and i was in france somewhere in a lakeside community down in uh, just west of geneva and uh and he just saved my bacon. It was just incredible. And he's such a nice guy. And he took the day off of work and he showed me around town and introduced me to his friends and family. And you know, it just gave me the full grand tour. And um and I said, How in the world can I ever repay this? And um and he just said, This is you know, going to happen to you. And when you see it happening to someone else, that's your chance to pay it forward to go back and, you know, pay it forward is not something that I'd heard of as a 28 year old kid from Newport. Um, uh, It really resonated with me. I mean, it made a lot of sense that that you can't pay all these generous people back, but you can pay it forward in the future. And so when I came back to the States, um, I started looking for those opportunities and uh and this is again before the internet. <laughs> before a warm shower.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say that because you're also explaining your experience happening at a time when there wasn't the internet. Like there wasn't the ability to just pull up uh, you know, Mystery postmates, masks. right? Right or right to have somebody deliver you a bike pump. You could just now you can just hang out on the side of the road and order one and just wait for it to come. Yeah. That was at a time when when you needed to rely upon the hospitality of others. And I, I truly believe that we as humans are still that same hospitable, loving, kind, yeah. um, you know, race to each other and um, human race, I'm saying, human race.
1: Yeah, I mean, contrary to the popular news and our culture mm-hmm. and our politics, uh, it's amazing how generous people are. Oh, it just absolutely never ends. It never does. But I think one of your guests pointed it out the other day. Uh, uh, I want to say the guy that was writing through Africa, but he, he, uh, he was like, if you are open to it, if you go into the world with that kind of openness to that opportunity to be a part of that culture and not go in with your own traditionally rude Amer- American ideals of why doesn't everyone speak English. But if you go into those, those situations, open, then you find yourself receiving. When you go out to give, then you find yourself in receipt of things that you never expected. That
0: is a beautiful way to describe it. And, and thanks for that reminder. I think that's super important, especially for people who haven't necessarily experienced other cultures before, right? Like, you know, you're, you, 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 there is a vulnerable aspect of putting your, your ideals and what you know aside. yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I went through, when I was touring in, in Europe, I, this was at the beginning of the, the first Bush-Kuwait invasion uh, with Iraq and the war in Iraq. And I, I uh, sewed uh, Canadian maple leaves onto my panniers. Really? So people wouldn't think you were American? Everyone knew I was from California. I mean, it's like written on my forehead. I know. Like, oh, well, dude, you're I from mean... California. Oh. You know? <laughs> it, was, it was so bizarre. But, you know, I'm trying to pretend like I'm a Canadian. But, um, you know, at the time, Americans, well, <laughs> it's changed a little bit, but uh, I think we're back to where we started. Americans didn't have a great reputation abroad. Yeah. And, um, and so I was a little bit ashamed of it. And... Um, and I was a very, very typical, naive American with no international travel experience at all. No idea. I mean, I was literally asking a friend of mine who had been to Europe, I said, should I bring a gun or a knife? Like, literally, I have no idea, thinking, mm-hmm. you know, danger and how to protect myself. And, and he just laughed at me and said, you know, bring, you know, open heart and open hands and... uh and you won't need a weapon. In fact, I did get robbed in, in Switzerland. Um, and I walked away from that experience like so grateful. <laughs> it was so bizarre because, you know, they, they went through my entire bags, all my panniers and took one item out and put everything back. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> well, that's the way to get robbed. <laughs> right. That's a kind
0: That's a kind robber.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, just the most amazing thing. And, and I went. To the country worried about you know self-defense and mm-hmm. I walked away with this completely different impression of what the world is and uh, what it means to travel abroad and how to basically saturate yourself in a different culture for a period of time when you don't have an agenda and you're not hell-bent on getting from point A to point B you can just stop and if you like a town you stay a while and and that really opens you up. Um, I just recently did a tour down the coast from Seattle to here, and um, and I was hell bent on getting from point A to point B, and I missed so much. And this this woman stopped me uh, up in Northern California, and I did not want a conversation. I did not want to have any social. I just wanted to get to where I was going. And she stopped me, and she wouldn't leave me alone, and she just kept asking questions. I'm trying to shoo her away. <laughs> And, and I realized after an hour of this pestering that I had been doing that the entire trip. And I'd closed myself off to all the people and the culture and the beauty and you know the history and I, everything. I just put my head down and I just pedaled and I, I missed it all. And this woman that I met on the road, Lacey, she, uh, she changed everything from that point on. It was like, slow it down, enjoy the ride and meet people, say, hello, it's going to be okay. (laughs) So it's a, it's a really interesting thing that you can go on your own trip. And if you are, aren't careful, you can really miss a lot and stop. And I think warm showers, um, it almost forces you to stop, slow down and meet people and say hello and share your stories and share their stories. And, and, you know, participate in the cultural exchange.
0: I think that's probably one of the greatest lessons that this podcast can deliver to those that haven't done a long, long-term tour before is to know that all of your expectations and your plans of what you think is going to happen is going to change. <laughs> number one, yeah. number two, is that it's, it's, This and it sounds a little cliched because we hear this in a lot of ways, but it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Yeah. And although I do think that there's still something that we often need to get through on our initial start of anything, like sometimes there's like a buildup of energy that needs to be released. So maybe in your case, you just needed to ride it out, you just needed to go full force, you needed to head down and then. Yeah, you were exercise right, like moving things out, and there is a place for that too. Because a lot of times, um, I know for myself when I do, and I don't do any like real long tour cycling. I do more like long days of cycling. A lot of times for me, it's it's grounding, it's getting back to myself, and I mean I need no people. And then sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes I mosey along for seventy miles and wonder, wait, I'm really far from where I thought I was gonna go. But I do think that we have to honor the different parts of what where we're at. So although you might think you're going to ride your whole trip like f- you know flat out full speed, at some point you will burn through those demons, and the the quietness and the connection will call you.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I did the trip south, uh, I I was really scared. I mean, I'm almost sixty. I'm going to be fifty eight next month, and I was seriously worried to to discover whether or not i had the strength to do a bike tour again or after 30 years of sitting on my ass do i even have the wherewithal to solve problems on the fly so i was so concerned that i had to get from point a to point b in a specific time and i gave myself 50 miles a day as an average that as soon as i got on the bike i put my head down and i was doing 90 mile days with a fully loaded bike you know and, and i'm i'm right <laughs> I was riding a Trek 1120, so it's a it's like a, a bike packing backcountry bike with three inch Chubacabra mountain bike tires, right? So I mean, it was a, a 75 pound beast, and I was doing 80, 90 miles a day every day, just having a great time. And it felt so good to prove to myself that I still had a little bit of strength and and uh, endurance in me that I forgot completely to slow it down and enjoy the ride but i think you're right both both aspects of that were i think important for me so i was able to do a little bit of both yeah beautiful
0: (laughs) today's episode is brought to you by bikeflights.com the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment. And you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every bike flight's shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly one million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009, and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. Okay, so so tell us Quentin, when did you like when did you start hosting? Because I know you came home, you started offering stays to people when you would see them. That was before warm showers, before you had an, an account where people are emailing you saying, Can I please stay
1: with you? Um like, what was that like? Oh. So you know, when, like I said, I was hosting people. I, I I lived in Boise, Idaho for a while, and I was meeting people as they're passing through, and I met some really cool guys that I, I stayed connected with over the years. And then I moved back home to Newport here in in California, and um, I was down by our local library, just off the coast highway, and I saw this girl. Um, she was in the library, and I saw her bike parked outside, fully loaded, and um, she was like riding solo across country. So I introduced myself and I had my daughter with me at the time. And I think my daughter was, was this is 2012. So she was maybe seven and uh, maybe six or seven. And so um, it's, it's a little awkward as a, as a a man uh, walking up to a woman and inviting her to stay Mm -hmm. at your house. So I'm always a little bit, you know, sensitive about how I might be received. And it was very disarming to have uh, my daughter with me and um, her stuffed animals sticking out of my backpack. And, and this girl, Jordy, and I brought her book um, mm. bone Um She, nice. um, I share this with all my guests too, if they, because her writing is just so beautiful. She's the one that told me about warm showers.
0: If you have a link by the way, to that book, make sure you give it to us so we can put it in the show notes.
1: I, I don't think she did.
0: Okay. No, no, no digital copies.
1: I'll, I'll try to find it. If she, okay. if she has anything, I, I I'll find it. Um, okay. but she, um, she told me about warm showers. And so she spent the night with Charlotte and me and, um, and she's just so fascinating. And she told me about it. I'm like what the hell is that? <laughs> warm showers? So, um, so since then I've, you know, when I had the opportunity, I would turn on the the hosting switch and say that I'm open and available. And and um, and sometimes it just pours in day after day. And sometimes I've had multiple parties um, hit me on the same day at different times. And you know, there's it's happened several several times. Where I'm just so burnt out on hosting. I mean, I just can't do it anymore. I I, I only yeah. host when my wife travels, and so she's usually gone for two weeks at a time. And um and Sometimes I'm like booked the whole first week and I just, I I can't do anymore. And then right when I turn it off, I get another, this, this Philippe and Rosie, they, they hit me right when I was turning the switch off and I'm like, oh crap. They already saw that I was open and I was so <laughs> yeah. burnt out and I was so frazzled. I just I needed some some me time and yeah. I'm so glad that I didn't say no. I mean, I've never said no to anyone. It's just always so enriching and so amazing to hear their adventures and their stories. And and it just never, ever gets boring. It never gets tiresome except. You know that one period of time, like I need some time. Like even then, I can't say no. <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. too wonderful. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know, that and and
0: questions. within right, and, and 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 within the boundaries of what you can do, because me time is important too. So at least at least you listen and take time away when you need a little break.
1: I was trying to honor it, and and I just couldn't. I, I mean, there the stories are so fascinating. These people are are so courageous, and they're so filled with um, this. I don't know if it's naive sense of adventure and what's out there, but I, I mean, I've got so many stories of these people who go into to South America to go into Mexico and mm-hmm. they're just so filled with joy. And I'm like, you don't understand it's Mexico. And I got finally got tired of warning people about Mexico because everyone goes down there and they just say, it's the, like, you're this guy that went around Africa. I think he said that Mexico was like his favorite place. <laughs> <laughs> everyone says that. And I, you know, growing up here just 100 miles north of the border, I am afraid of the border. I, I, I just refuse to cross the border. And so I used to try my best to scare people away. And everyone just has such a great time so i stopped
0: maybe that's a calling for you to explore that fear oh don't i've got be... a map on my wall in my office yes I'm, I'm, okay <laughs> i i'm thinking one day you're going to do that trip and experience it for yourself
1: <laughs> <laughs> before i'm 60 yeah let's see um so how many people do you think you've hosted over the years Oh, walk, nowhere near! Yes. Like you know, Ken. I, I listen to Ken's podcast. Yeah,
0: Ken's amazing. Yeah. Jesus,
1: I'll never get close to that. After a while, I started. Um, I started keeping uh, a guest book, and oh, nice. So I, you know, I I didn't know how to go back and catch everyone because I wasn't really following the rules of giving or asking for um, feedback, and so I, I didn't have record of it on my warm showers profile and I wasn't keeping a guest book. So I'm starting to, and I don't think I've like, like I said, not even I mean, Ken will have more in one year than I've had in the last eight because I can only do it so often. You know, yeah, when, you can only do my it wife is then. home. She wants yeah. her home. Um, yeah. But we've had guests here when the kids are here, uh, they're my stepsons, And so they've been exposed to all these really crazy international people from all over the world. Um, but when my wife comes home, she's like, I'm oh I just want my house to myself.
0: <laughs> yeah so it's yeah. And, not, and, as
1: mu- not as much.
0: And how beautiful of an experience for you to expose that culture to children?
1: Oh, yeah, they love it too. I mean we've had people from Japan and Italy and you know, the foods and the the cultures and the, these Dutch kids that came over they had bat they brought bags of candy and cheese, and you know it was uh, they're all the, the boys are always getting a, a earful.
0: That's amazing. So, okay, so let me ask you a question. Do you, do you foresee that there is something for hosts that they could do now while times are different? Like what, you know, how, how, do, you, how, do, you, how do you see this with the changing times?
1: Well, that, no, that's a great question. I, you know, when I, uh, the last guest I had was actually, I think, a year ago this month. Uh, right when the pandemic broke out and I was, I, I, my wife was in Hawaii again. And, and, uh, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to turn on the, the welcome sign. And I had this guy hit me up and his story, like everyone else's was so compelling. Um, I you have to think about it. Um, do you, <laughs> Do you want to put yourself intentionally or someone else intentionally at risk of this grave pandemic? And at the time, it seemed much worse because there was so much more unknown about the pandemic than what we know now. And so there was a lot more fear in my mind about what I might be opening myself up to. And um, the ultimate decision kind of goes back to um, whenever whenever I host someone and I made the promise to my wife that I would do this, I would check out their profiles on warm showers and see what kind of feedback they get as guests. And before I would ever say, uh, yes, you're welcome to stay with me. I'd always do that due diligence. And um, for me, that cycling community, this warm showers community is not a group of haphazard knuckleheads that are abusing the system and just freeloading around the world like I have the impression maybe the uh, couch surfing might be something like that but cycling tourists are a very very different breed and and whenever you travel in other countries certainly my experience in Europe when you ride into town on a bicycle people treat you differently so um, I think that there's magic to that, and I think there's a lot of uh, wisdom in that, that the cycling community, specifically the bike touring community, they are a group of very conscientious um, individuals who take care of themselves and the, the people that host them, so they don't put themselves at any um, risk, and and I think that feeling goes both ways in fact the gentleman that stayed with me last march i put him in touch with some friends of mine in northern california and he was riding north and uh, and he stayed with them as well but they had him at a different like gary was invited into my house you know he had the room we shared meals we didn't wear masks we were maybe being a little bit cavalier but at the same time i really believe that we can trust this community that the the community is not filled with people who are taking undue risks. They are very thoughtful. Certainly someone who's been traveling like Gary uh, six years of traveling around the world. Um, and he's maybe five or 10 years older than me. Um, he's, he knows what he's doing. And um, you can look at someone's profile and make an assessment is this Based on the feedback that they get, are they a conscientious person? And I have never hosted someone who I didn't have the absolute confidence in. In fact, I've had several guests stay with me who arrived when the boys were here by themselves, and I wasn't. And I just, you know, I do my research, and if they're good people, I believe 100% in this community that the hosting and writing as a guest, were all on the same uh, mission, if you will, that mm-hmm. this is something that we all trust and we all have faith in and, and so i I think that that I hope that answers your question because I, I've yeah got, it's, i've got my welcome sign on right now <laughs>
0: yeah it's you're you're describing using discernment right you're you're probably also tapping into trusting your gut you're using discernment you're putting research and time into seeing how you feel in the moment, and you know you're honoring you know the fact that our community is very conscientious, for the for the most part, right? We are, you know, we are collectively in this in this niche of um, connecting deeper to ourselves and other communities, and so we do see what you're saying is is a commonality, and that might alleviate some people their minds onto how it's possible. What's what's this going to look like moving forward? And there are still some countries that are locked down, right? They're, the United States is always a different beast. So things are always going to be a little bit different here for good or for bad, whatever you believe it's going to be a little different because there are parts of the world that they're still locked down. I spoke to a friend in Germany uh, on Sunday and she says that their lockdown just got extended again. And so, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about how, there are people that desperately need the connection and it will come soon and you know there there are ways depending on where you're touring or where you're hosting you know in you know in our part of the world as things start to warm up a little bit outdoor staying you know can help alleviate some of that as whatever whatever you can and you know, use your discernment. You right, Tr- trust what feels right for you. And if we may ask you to please update your profile, because if you're not if you're not hosting right now and you're not comfortable, go ahead and just turn it off. It's okay. We're not we're not going to kick you out of the organization. <laughs> we're, nobody's judging you. Make your decisions. You do what's right for you. But update your profile so those that are touring can actually tap into the hosts that are you know making the accommodations in the way that they see fit.
1: Is that a problem? Do people really um, not Turn their signs for open and not open. Do they not?
0: Yeah, it's it's very common. In you know, in fact, I think I mentioned to you. I just um, was interviewed by a European cycling podcast, and he asked that question because it is common that a lot of touring cyclists don't get response responses from a lot of hosts. Um, it happens, right? It's something we're working on internally on the back end of our system. So how we can navigate when somebody is not active on the website. Because we don't force people, right, to s- flip their switch on or off. We don't force them to update their profile. We leave it up to the discretion. And I think sometimes people just forget. And if they don't get a lot of host requests, if they haven't in the last six months, they may not have thought whether or not they still want to be open for hosting. So we try to remind people in the newsletters and on social media to just, just update your profile if you're hosting or not. It's, this is actually our conversation today is a good reminder to put that post up again to remind people to just update your profile, let people know if you're available or not.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I find it's very easy. I think your system is actually really easy to navigate. And you know, I, I my, With <laughs> the amount of travel my wife does, uh, I, I'm in and out every yeah. month. I'm turning it on and off.
0: Well, we appreciate that. It's important to do it. Well, Quentin. I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Thank you for, thank you for being the host that you are. Thank you for offering your home and opening to share these experiences and for talking with me today. It's, I think it's super important for people to hear from each other, and and we appreciate you.
1: Yeah, no, like I said, this is a really big honor for me because uh, I think the cycling community, specifically the the bike touring community, is such an amazing group of people, and the stories are they just fill my life with so much happiness and uh it brings you back in time to you know that the idea of just riding off into the sunset with the adventure ahead and you know it, it really brings it back so hosting has been an amazing part of our lives here at, in our house and uh, and i would encourage anyone to do it if they have the chance so thank you so much
0: And hopefully we can connect with you when you do your next tour. Maybe it'll be through Mexico and we can have a conversation about that after.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No pressure. (laughs) I swear. Can I just, I got to tell you this one guy, I had a, a Korean kid. He came in from Alaska. He's riding to Patagonia, right? So he's doing the full long haul. He didn't speak a word of English and didn't speak a word of Spanish. And I tried my best to scare him away. He was going through in the middle of July, crossing into the Baja desert in the middle of July. It's like 110 every day. And I, I tried my best to warn him away from it. And he, I followed him all the way down to, the, to Patagonia to the tip. And every town he pulled into, it was like the entire village came out to celebrate his arrival. I mean, it, it was just stupid how much fun this guy had. Didn't speak a word of Spanish. And he, love like, he was like a celebrity and everyone I know that's gone down there, they have the same experience. So I love maybe it. someday.
0: Maybe someday. We won't hold you to it, but do let us know if you decide to. I will. Thank you, Quentin. And,
1: and thank we, you for your podcast. I really enjoy listening to it.
0: Oh, that means a lot. Thank you. And if there's any way that people can reach you, if you would like to share any social links, let us know. We'll put those in the show notes. And thank you again. And for those that are listening, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite listening app, please leave us a rating and review because it helps us get in front of more people. And that means maybe we'll have more hosts and more touring cyclists joining our community so we appreciate your support in advance and we will be back thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it wherever you are listening please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world This episode of Bike Life Podcast was brought to you by bikeflights.com, your source for the best bicycle shipping service and bike shipping boxes. Check out their boxes from the small to the large, which is suited for any type of bicycle, whether it's a children's bike, medium-sized bike, fully assembled bike, e-bike, and any other type of gear that you have. Go to bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers in order to check out the boxes and book your next shipment. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers_org. underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcastwarmshowers.org. At